0: Good evening boys and girls We're back for the rap number 16 For those who are wondering The rap 15 was our election live stream If you haven't seen it check us out it's Goes a, for about 6 and a half hours Goes for a, bit, a <laughs> long six and a half hours So oh, um, dear. if you want to Get yourself bored to death. Then he watch the whole thing. was
1: on there. I was on there. Joel was on yeah. there. Sam Rat was
0: on there. Sam Rat was on there. Alexis Borscht Bors was on, Bors on Bors there. was on there. We had
1: a, whole of, we had a call from Arby and I. Yeah. And, uh, oh, that was cool. Ross Cameron.
0: Yeah. Alex Cameron as well. We Alex had the whole Cameron. the whole crew. Well, it's, <laughs> it's been... by 45 Productions. Shout out to those boys. Shout yeah. out to Jordan and the gang at 45 Productions. Legends. Absolutely legends. Facebook and YouTube. Check them out. We'll, mm. We've got all the plugs. All the plugs. Yeah. So it is a brisk... Thursday evening, but don't worry, there's going to be some straight fire this evening for the Rap 16. (laughs) I'm joined by regular member, one of the triumvirate, probably Caesar in the triumvirate, Dougal Cameron, how are you doing? Thanks, nice to be here, appreciate the introduction. Look, wholesome vibes only, and we've got special guest who's now becoming a very, very good friend I'm regular, regular contributor to the show, Joel Jamal. How are pleasure, you doing, Joel? Pleasure to be here. Token Arab. It's are good. We are the ethnic, the ethnic quota is up. We can't be, we can't be racist because no. we have Joel on the show. Now we just need yeah, Dukes well, to identify I'm as a friends. girl, and we're right.
2: No, I'm already impressed.
1: I'm a ginger. <laughs> <laughs> And this Joel, Joel is, has, was instrumental in the Ricardo Bose interview, fixing that up. We're looking at getting a second one because yeah. that was uh, a big hit in a with, fortnight. The, with the boys and with
2: the ladies. Oh, um, it was. The, the ladies' ratings were up that week, I never, Just Bocato, like with Sky News. Ricardo
0: yeah. you know? <laughs> is a suave man. He's, He's a, good a, a good looking rooster. Good looking rooster. So we've locked it in for another fortnight. Locked and, in. So yeah. stay tuned in for some more Ricardo. Next
1: week, I've got. Um, uh, the spokesperson for the Animal Justice Party, who got two seats in New South Wales election. Wow. I'm having an interview with them next week. Jeez. That'll be huge. Yeah,
0: bring your popcorn. <laughs>
1: oh, bring your popcorn. Um, we'll be very interested. We're just
0: making moves. We're, We're making, making, moves. making a
1: lot of moves. <laughs> also, let us know if you like the new um, the new microphones. I don't think we've had, we've used our new microphones yet. Mm. These are Blue Yetis. Yeah, they're regarded as the Swiss Army knife of microphones. Because mm. nice. they are um, good high quality general purpose and i think you will have you will notice the audio difference between these and the um, blue snowball mics we were using before um but you know shout out to our patreon uh, people as well for helping us fund it um they're going that extra mile supporting in the channel so love you guys big shout outs yeah. to you
0: absolutely huge um so after that little preamble we're diving straight into the show you know how it is that you know how for, for those first-timers, for new people to the show, what happens is we have a couple of little segments throughout the show. But the way it really goes is we have our domestic story, which this week is the uh, federal election. Then we have our international story, which is uh, the EU election, which is uh, pretty interesting. And then we've got a couple of little segments sprinkled in um, Joel's going to take
1: us through the Israeli election. Mm. Joel is going
0: to take us through the Israeli election, so look forward to that. We get our ethnic points up even more. <laughs> yes. um, but to start the show... God's chosen people. Mm, that's right. That's exactly right. To start the show, what some people regard it as the favourite, it's uh, usually a bit of a shambles. And look, this week, I'm not sure if it's any different, but it's jumping to conclusions. And what happens uh, is a paying homage to the wives and the girlfriends out there who... Don't really look at the facts. Go straight in for the kill, making a big, big play. The jocular. Want, want, want to look through your phone type of business. Want to question your, your all your morals. History. Check check your email. Make sure the email chains be clean. Check
1: whose who, who's photos you've been liking on
2: the ground.
0: Check who be slipping and sliding into the DMs. We've got jumping to conclusions. So uh, we make a bit of an outlandish statement. But uh, at the end of the show, the one we think uh, is... The most, the most fun, essentially, which Joel will decide on, uh, we'll be having to discuss at the end. So, mm-hmm. Dougal. Well, mine is another sports-related sports uh, conclusion. And
1: um, my conclusion is that the Australian basketball team, the Boomers, will place second or first at the next Olympic Games in 2020. They previously come fourth, and I think they're rated fourth or fifth, but I think with the with the star power we got, that's my conclusion.
0: We always look promising going in and throughout the tournament. When it gets to the big stage, we usually choke. Um, so look, sort of interesting, a little bit niche, but interesting nonetheless. Uh, mine this week is in light of uh, DefCon being cancelled. Oh. Mine is that DefCon being cancelled is a tragedy. <laughs> uh, so
1: I think that's probably pretty. Well, we'll let Joel aside, which side? we will talk about.
0: Mm.
2: I'm thinking the DEFCON one, because it relates to... I think it, it is a bit niche, the sports-wise.
1: Especially because, uh, you know, Andy and his boys uh, had been had been
0: going to the gym, juicing up. and <laughs> some of them roids. They got their bum bags ready in the little short shorts. Yeah, who knows what's in the bum bag? Yeah, strap on knows? mullets as well. Um, <laughs> Straight on mullets. They got the
1: fake tan, and they were just waiting <laughs> to get out and have a mask. Represents
0: yeah, these. All right, hey. aesthetics a. crew, reincarnate. <laughs> um, you yeah. he grew up not that far away from us.
1: He went to uh, oh, no Carlingford
0: Fitness First. Carlingford Fitness First. Um, it's where Ziz and Chess Bra and the and the rest of the homies. Shout out to Carlingford Fitness First in their
1: um, Fitness First holiday program. Yeah, people under 16 years old go to free holidays. Just Huge a, initiative. Make advantage of that mm-hmm. for all our. Uh, Underage listeners mm. listening to some adult content but are underage. Yeah. <laughs> Give nice. you all the inside. On uh, the low lows. <laughs> okay, <laughs> well we'll come Enough, back to that at the end of yeah, the
0: show. so we'll come back to that. Now on to our first segment, which is the okay, domestic so I'm story. Running through the domestic mm. story. Now you
1: would have got a good dose of the election in the six hours and thirty-six minutes that we spent live mm. uh, on May eighteenth. Cheers. It felt long. Twelve days ago, you would have got a good dose of the election. Um, <laughs> But uh, you know, what we realised at the end of the election, although we could call the winner, we didn't actually have all, all the results. And so basically what we're going to do now is, is a big recap of, of all the results which, which have come in. Mm. So the House of Representatives, which is the more cut and dry one, that's the, the people who are actually in the government making the bills. That's where you get your Prime Minister from, also known as the lower house. Um, That's its rap name, the low house, (laughs) the real OGs who do do the politics seriously. (laughs) Um, So in that, uh, what happened there, so Liberals won 77 seats, uh, Liberals and Nationals combined I guess, and the people with the the preferences, but ultimately 77 seats funnelled into the Liberal team, 68 seats funnelled into the Labor team, and there were six others. right? Um, and 76 is the magic number. 76 is the magic number for a majority. Liberals got 77, so they'll have a working majority, which is nice for SCOMO when they want to pass laws mm. and stuff.
0: And get it into um, the upper house. Get it into the upper nice house. Nice little
1: segue. Well, Joel, do you have any, any reaction to the lower house? So SCOMO is in charge of that. Yeah,
2: um, no, it looks good. Uh, originally, it looked like he was going to be falling short on the night, so people like jackie lambert who were sitting who won lower house seats when sitting in the middle were like oh you know can't wait to hear a call from scomo yeah. uh, to organize a coalition but it looks like he didn't need it which mm. is good for him and and it's also good ultimately good for everyone really even labor voters because it actually means we can do stuff mm. and get stuff done otherwise that you have three years of nothing really. yeah we do have a um, nice continuation in yeah. the
1: government which is is usually good yeah um and uh, look, before we started, um, you know, there was there was a time I think just before the live stream uh, when we were sitting out in the back in the production room getting our hair and makeup done in, in, in the, the green, green room. In, 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 in the, the green, green room. room,
0: shackers, <laughs> shackers up, uh, makeup done. <laughs> uh,
1: and it was the odds were ten bucks for the coalition to win. Oh. The
0: pollsters got it wrong. Any any, they... any comments on the pollsters? Well, the pollsters uh, the betting companies got it wrong. The only person it seems uh, they got it right was me and Rowan Dean just letting you know oh,
2: Alan Jones too we're going to give Alan him a Jones. shout out he's been doing well
0: Alex compiled
1: that two minute YouTube video as well you can check out on our YouTube yeah. channel of um, election fails election prediction fails. election prediction fails and it's got Alex in, in this very room about two months ago predicting Skomo Sco- Sco- yeah, he predicted oh, Skomo
0: I followed followed suit I uh, I called it which I still you hold as... you the
1: one on the three one of the four of us on the night that so it
0: that could be my greatest achievement of all time as a as anything let alone a political analyst which is a very loose term now um well, the pundits <laughs> the pundits we are the pundits the hacks but um yeah i'm i'm happy the liberals okay. got up well, and then what happened in the senate
1: which is the upper house so after you know they make a law in the or they propose a law in the lower house and it gets passed it gets sent through the upper house in the senate um also, Senate references in pop culture include Star Wars. Right? The um, Execute you 66. Said, you might have seen me in Star Wars. Um, so 82% of the votes were counted as of today, right? So they're still not all finished up, but most of them are. Jesus. Uh, one of 40 seats remain in doubt. Now, 40, so there's 76 seats currently in the Senate, right? Joel, you might you can run us through a bit. Now, 40 up for grabs. What, what does that happen for?
2: Yeah, so there's 40 up for grabs, um, six in each of the states. Uh, I think both Northern Territory seats were up for grabs and both um, in, in Canberra, in the ACT, yeah. were up for grabs. Um, but yeah, just six uh, but, in New yeah. South Wales.
1: And so Senate, Senate terms, so if you get elected, yeah. you stay for six years. Right? That's right, yeah. Um, but you have Senate elections every three years, so half the seats aren't actually up for grabs. Yeah. So it goes half-half right. each time. Yeah,
2: and so the, the idea of the Senate is to make sure there's, con, there's continuation and stabilises government rather than mm. having a, like a populist revolution come in and get rid of all of them all at once yeah. and you have a radical government. So it sort of stabilises it yeah. over, over six years. Yeah.
1: Very cool. Um, so out of the 40 that were up for grabs, the Liberal Party um, have a, a continuing... 16, so 16 of theirs weren't up for grabs. They then won 13, and they are predicted to get another six, right? So what's that, 16 plus 19 is 37? 16 plus 19, oh, 35? I think it's 35. Uh, yeah, 35. So they got 35 out of 76 currently. Uh, then Labor Party continuing uh, 13, so they already have 13, they won 12, and they're likely to get one more. Uh, so that's 26 for Labor. so far. The Greens are continuing with three. They haven't won any so far, but they're likely to get five uh, after all the votes have finished counting, so they've got eight overall. One Nation continuing with one, didn't win any yet, but likely to get one, so they have one. Centre Alliance uh, continuing with two, but didn't win any. And Australian Conservatives continuing with one. And finally, the Jackie Lambie Network. Mm. Zero continuing, zero one, but likely one. So it looks like Mm. it's the Jackie Lambie sole trader
0: so it's not really a network is it it's 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 a very uh, individualistic network mm. yeah you gotta be your own plug sometimes sometimes yeah. you do so but that was kind of interesting
1: any any takeaways from from the senate looks like
2: yeah what was the name of that fellow that um it might be worth mentioning that fellow that's gotten nominated for the u.s uh, amb- ambassador sort of uh position Right. Do you know um, his name? Ooh, I've completely forgotten his name. But um, you to pull um, it up. I'm trying. I'm trying <laughs> to pull it so up. So basically, Scott Morrison's uh, allocated this fellow to go over to represent Australia as a US ambassador. But what that means is this particular fellow he actually is serving from the last election in the Senate. And as Dougal said before, you served for six years. So he was halfway through his um his uh, leadership his term for that. So what that means is someone else has to replace him. There have been a few names that have been thrown up in the air. Jim Molin, who who hasn't actually made it, um, into this, so all his mm. votes would flow mm. to someone else, presumably. Yeah. Who knows who? Um, and um, so that's up in the air. Um, do do we have his? Yeah. his name? Oh, like, Arthur
0: Sinodinos. Oh, Arthur Sinodinos. Yeah. He's so he, he's the one. I don't yeah. Know what he's famous for, though. yeah. Yeah. That was the fellow. But yeah, a
1: lot of people did vote below the line because Jim Molin was number like.
2: Four or Four five. Four or five yeah. or something in the Liberal Party
1: ballot. That meant that if you actually wanted to make sure Jim got a seat...
2: Yeah. Um, you'd want him to be three, really.
1: You'd, you'd, well, he, he was basically put in an unwinnable position yeah, through conventional voting mechanisms. yeah. So if you actually wanted Jim to get a seat, you had to subvert the usual system to go through a much harder, below-the-line ballot tick. Um, that's what I opted for, so I could put
2: yeah, me too. Jim
1: and Ricardo up
2: there. Yeah, even Ricardo himself said after he does the two conservative candidates, he'd be making Jim number three. Yeah, because the guys, it's not about right. It's about right and wrong now. I think yeah. that's what he said. Yeah, yeah, definitely.
1: Um, so that was kind. Of, that was kind of cool. Looks like the Liberals will have a not a because out of seventy six, and they have thirty five. Mm-hmm. Not a working majority, but if you assume that um, one nation is probably going to put their two with liberals on a lot of stuff. Yeah. Uh, Australian Conservatives will go to the Liberal Party on a lot of stuff. Centre Alliance occasionally, and Jacqui Lambie occasionally. So they, they have enough to get stuff done. Yeah, right? it seems that way, yeah. Um, so there's no excuse really not, not to get stuff done, as far as I can tell. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's the Senate for you. There's one more um, piece of, uh, of news, which is the Labour leadership has changed, right? So Shorten stepped down after losing the election. Plibersek, who is his deputy leader, did not contest, um, and there's some some darker stories behind that, but I'm not going to cover it here. It's um, I'm happy to leave Plibersek where she is. She didn't contest it, so um, I've got no bone to pick with her. Um, so Albanese, Albo, big mate Albo, who's vice the deputy uh, prime minister to Kevin Rudd. Yeah, that's what Joel mentioned. Yeah. Um, he was the shadow minister for transport and construction or something transport and infrastructure yeah, infrastructure yeah um, so he's now the leader of the Labour Party he contested it the last time uh, after Rudd was it was Rudd the last I think so because it um, went Rudd Gillard Rudd yeah so, yeah. yeah.
2: between, between him yeah. and Shorten so after yeah.
1: Rudd stopped being the leader Albo yeah. and Shorten contested yeah um, while I think Albo might have been a bit more popular in some regards Shorten had the factional control yeah. Um, to uh, to win. Um, and now, so he had a contest with Chris Bowen and Chris Bowen on I think May 22nd withdrew his name from the leadership contest. Mm. Um, so he was essentially Bowen, running out of problems. Bowen was famous for being the treasurer, the shadow treasurer, which means anything with shadow means you, you know, uh, you're, you're just, you have a position uh, in the cabinet but you just in, in opposition you're not in the government mm. so he was in charge of as, as a shadow treasurer he was in charge of Labor's economic policy yeah. which largely from what I can gather lost on a lot of votes in the election particularly the franking credits thing um, yeah. and so it's not surprising he lost the Labor leadership ballot anything to say on Bowen or Albo? Yeah
2: look there, there are a few things with uh, Chris Bowen where I think a lot of the Labor voters and the both in the party and outside the party that were looking to People that were responsible for the um, for the poli- for the policies and for why the you know all the election promises they took, and it it turns out that they just weren't happy with what was uh, promised, and uh, it seems like they want to go in a completely different direction now. But,
0: yeah, that's yeah. fair enough. Um, I think personally, what I think is the funniest part of uh, this Labor leadership scandal is Bill Shorten before in in the week leading up to the election. I think. Uh, what, from what I've heard, sent so an email or a letter to ScoMo saying, uh, "Can we ensure a smooth <laughs> transition of power?" Jesus uh, What is this,
2: Maduro? So <laughs> not, not only
0: has he gone from the height of uh, obviously thinking he's got this election in the bag, he's gone from that to not having a uh, not not being the leader of his own party anymore. Yeah, so, apparently
1: tried to stab elbow in the back. And uh, look, this is this is not usually when it's a rumor, we say it's a rumor. This is. Conspiracy theory. Shorten was was in the back door because he had a he just wasn't happy that Albo had a good chance of being leader because Albo was his rival and he was backing Chris Bowen and trying to get everyone to back Chris Bowen. Um, so that that was kind of funny. So Albo, leader of the Labor Party, Richard Miles is his deputy. Um, Richard Miles is the deputy, and uh, so they they're the leaders in the lower house, and then Penny Wong and Christina Keneally will be. Uh, we'll have the two Labor leadership positions in the Senate. I think Penny Wong's the the master in charge, and yeah. Chris, Christine is the vice. Penny,
2: Penny Wong um, remembers the one that can shake the hand of that up, that fellow senator yeah. after, after the yeah uh, the election discussion. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so
1: Miles had the uh, defence portfolio the last three years, and um, don't know much about him. Haven't heard his name thrown around, but keen um, to keen to hear what he has to say. Yeah. Um. And so, um, well, what actually happened, which was kind of interesting, was that Christina Keneally wasn't actually supposed to be, or well, she wasn't at least lined up to be have a leadership role in the Senate, because I don't think she's even—I don't think she was even in the government before this. She, she ran was, an unsuccessful was... campaign at the New South Wales Senate
2: election, didn't she? She's lost the last three yeah. elections. Yeah, and she's run. So that's unlucky. She, she had a bit of that. a tough run.
0: She has had a she bit of a not. tough run. Tough oh. run in um, in the media as well. A News career didn't go uh, swimmingly, I would say. Uh, well, <laughs> um, she was on the show with that old man. They've got axed yeah. quite quickly.
1: <laughs> Cameron. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so that's that's kind of funny. Um, but um, here's what's kind of interesting, right? Uh, Senator Keneally's path to the front bench became possible. When New South Wales MP Ed Husic, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, H U S I C, relinquished his role, and Don Farrell opted against seeking re election as deputy leader in the Senate. Um, and so that means Christina was able to get it, right? So, what this is a classic case of is someone getting promoted because of their gender.
2: And. Uh, Gotta make those quotas. Gotta make you those said. quotas. You've got to get that representation. Exactly. Hit That's why I'm here. You've got,
1: to, you've got to get the optics. That's right. Because you know what? having a gay asian lady uh as the front <laughs> is just not enough boxes ticked yeah not enough I mean, privilege i'm points. happy to say penny has been in there for a while and Flav wants to put her in i think she deserves to be in there right mm-hmm. um i don't really care what sexuality she is or what gender she is or whatever she's got going on do your thing girl um <laughs> but what i care about is then you get you know you
0: get these people stepping aside saying you know what um Having having three men in the four leadership positions? Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> what a tragedy. What a tragedy. And then you get um, the only qualification she has
1: to, to be in there instead of this other bloke is her damn gender. Right? Is her damn gender. It's like, can we get a grip? Yeah. Can we get a grip?
2: It's terrible. And it sort of it reflects like even with workforce things. If a woman gets a job just because of her gender. Yeah. we will never know if she was actually the right fit sure. for that and, and, and it casts doubt on her and it's like absolutely. she will never feel like that's something she yeah. can ever pay back
1: women, a lot of the women I know say they, they, they can get to the top perfectly fine by themselves exactly Three, through They're the no ceiling name. baby they don't do it <laughs> yourself They're, it's what they do to the ceiling <laughs> if
0: like, um, you get any more ceilings you just go straight through it again <laughs> yeah that's what that's what uh, that, that's,
1: that's what I'm advocating for um but that's that's the world we live in is you need um a straight white chick with uh short hair who looks like she wants to talk to the manager <laughs>
0: that got that yeah. that's fresh manager haircut. <laughs> that's what you
1: need to uh to make it work so if that's what you know what Labor party's going with good luck to them it might win them might win them a few votes mm. um if it does then Power
0: to them, no pun intended. It's <laughs> um, <laughs> so not one of your greatest, but <laughs> now, just laugh um, at him. It's just... EU election, <laughs> EU election, <laughs> EU election.
1: Now, for we don't. Well, I'm not really that familiar with the EU elections, but I'm going to give you my best my best crack at it. I know Joel's probably got some information up there. Now, <laughs> basically, in Europe, most countries are part of the EU, not all of them. But most of
0: them. It's a lot like it's in the, the European
1: it's Union. It's not like the UN right? except really like, yeah, it's like the UN, just for just just Europe. For and it's full of globalists. It's mm. not it's full of globalists. How can you be a globalist and uh, specialise in the EU? Yeah, so what it does is after World War Two, people are like, right, well, we need to do something because you've got all these countries declaring war and alliances, blah, blah, blah. We need to have something going on, right? So one of the things they created was the, the European Union, right? Which has actually been somewhat successful in preventing wars, right? They had yeah. two massive wars in twenty twenty five years, and then you had a uh, European Union with no significant wars in Europe since then, right? So they get points for that, right? Now, among other things, they created like the Euro, which is a currency you can use in all the European Union countries. Mm. Um, they also have like, and, and, and well, I guess the point I'm trying to make is that the European Union makes a lot of decisions on behalf of the member countries, uh, and often those member countries uh, don't actually get asked when those decisions are made on their behalf, yeah? right? That's right. And so the thing that really triggered a lot of uh, a lot of anger at the European Union was the immigration crisis in like mm-hmm. 2014, 15, yeah. when the people in Brussels, which is where the European Parliament is, like distributed decided where all the immigrants were going to go across Europe, right? And so a lot of countries had no say in their own immigration policies because they've yeah. given up their borders. Because that's one of the things about the EU as well. If you're in the European Union and you hold a passport of any European country, you, you can, go, you can go anywhere without like a visa or whatever. And so then a bunch of countries were like, well, we can't have these uh, 1, elites.
2: 1. 1.6 million Syrian Muslims that just arrived in Germany. Yeah. coming to you know, yeah. the and UK for example and it's
1: like well we kind of need to have a similar thing in Britain than what we had in Australia is like if yeah. we're going to be a country we actually need to be able to protect our own borders and decide who gets to come in yeah
2: um,
1: and so that kicked up a big revolt um, Nigel Farage had been um, campaigning for Brexit for 20 years but it was only kind of triggered by that immigration yeah. process that I think he got significant support he was part of UKIP, UKIP dissolved it's, it's kind of a long story um mm. Britain, and, and we're going to focus on the EU election in the context of the UK. Um, but I've had a little ramble for a while, and I'm kind of getting lost and a bit, a bit um, dispersed in my thoughts, and the EU election is actually anti-segment, um, well, so the man, I'm going to hand it back.
0: The man who has the source still has the ability to get lost in the source, which I think has just, just, lost just happened. In the source. So the EU election has just happened. Um, there's a few a few takeaways from it, right? So the EU uh usually has two major parties which are the European People's Party which is sort of this center right party and this, uh... the uh
1: the like blocks
0: Yeah they have these yeah these blocks yeah, because,
1: Hold on before you continue Um people vote for their European Parliament representative in the same way they vote for their representative in the national par- in the federal parliament right yep. So there are people representing individual districts which then go into Brussels and they have the parliament there which has got like 750 people. Together. Yeah, it's yeah. it's
2: 7, 760 for the total and then it's 120 for, um, I think, just the UK. Right, yeah. so
1: yeah. so what, what happens then is um, people, once they get into that parliament, form like cross-country groups, right? So you have like a centre-right group, but it's not just a centre-right from a country, it's a centre-right from several countries together who form one group and they usually vote the same way on all the different issues Mm. right so then you have these different blocks BLOC they said who all like kind of have similar ideologies about Europe and about European problems but they are joined together from different countries
0: yeah Um, so the two the two main ones uh, the centre-right one the European People's Party and the centre-left Socialists and Democrats uh, are set to remain the two largest blocks however they did both uh, together hold a majority, which they have now lost. Um, so you need about 375 seats in order to gain a majority, and they have slipped to about 340, I think. That sucks. Um, sucks for them. Sucks for them. So <laughs> the uh, so either side of uh, this of this. Political spectrum, you'd say, has uh, gained a little bit of traction. So you have the Greens and Liberals on sort of the left, which have made gains, as well as the right-wing nationalists and like populist groups, which they're sort of being described as. So, um, in uh, so overall, we've seen that's pretty much the trend across uh, most of Europe. Uh, In France, especially, uh, Marine Le Pen's National uh, Rally beat President. Yeah, had a very very good. Tell you what, I'm
1: telling you. the EU loves, loves having women as, as their front people until the women disagree with them, right? <laughs> Nobody gets smashed more than right-wing women. Yeah. Like, you look at Marie Le Pen, look at Candice Owens, look at Sarah Palin, um, look at, um, look at uh, Peter Credlin... Mm. Um, nobody gets smashed more than right wing women. Yeah. Uh, or or like right wing black people,
2: they get yeah. smashed. How about the governor, the female governor that signed in? I think it was in the Virginia. The abortion bill. The abortion or bill, or and they're like, all oh, these white men, you know, yeah. just signing this thing. It was a woman governor. Yeah. That signed.
0: Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Anyway. So yeah. so Marine had a good weekend beating out of President Macron's Renaissance alliance. Now
1: Macron's been having like. Riots in his country for like the past 20 weeks, every single week, and it's been like fire riots, like flipping cars, riots, Pe- people like, getting their eyes, like, eyes shot right. out. Oh, and oh, yeah, some terrible, some stuff. bad. Some, oh yeah, some bad things going on in France. He's got an approval rating lower than like 30 percent, I think. His um goals but they won't report on it because Macron is uh, he's a cut
2: and dry globalist. Mind you, just for the record, Macron less than 30 uh, percent approval. Donald Trump. <laughs> He's averaged about fifty percent approval. Just, just to put things in in perspective.
0: Yeah, because so, we love the dog. We're the part dog, of that. <laughs> he part is, of he's doing work. So uh, also notably, uh, Matteo Salvini's uh, league party in, in in Italy seems set for victory. So uh, overall, there's been quite a push against uh, the centre parties, and really, people want. To see sort of more action scene, I think, by going either a little bit right or a little bit left. Um, and now to focus more specifically on the UK, because I find that more interesting, really. Because we're talking about Brexit, aren't we? We're talking, so we're talking Brexit. are talking the beak, of the art, to the exit. Breakfast. <laughs> what about second breakfast? <laughs> um, so Nigel Farage... and um, they still in the house. <laughs> uh, Karl Barron's got some new, new material. Um, so as Dougal gave a little preamble on Nigel Farage, uh, his Brexit party won seats right throughout the UK at the expense of the Labour and the Conservatives. Um, so his, his party secured a resounding victory in its own right, but grouped with their positions on, uh, on Brexit... Parties opposed the UK's exit from the EU scored more votes. Mm. So it doesn't. So even though the major party is the Brexit Party coming out of this, it doesn't necessarily mean that on the whole, uh, pro-Brexit.
1: Yeah, well, has let me tell you, that's that's actually a fake news. Oh, and sure I've been thinking about this, and this is what this is what we get when we research. Um, when we do our a lot minutes. of our research <laughs> for the wrap, about five minutes before we record, <laughs> is that we're sometimes prone to fake news because I've been following the story a little bit. So the actual Brexit party got 35%, right? They got 35% of the, of the primary vote. And the Liberal Democrats got 20% in second, who are the main uh, people who advocate remaining in the EU. Then on top of a few more minor parties, right, um, who say their support overall is about 40%, right? But for those of you who want to do the maths, uh, 40% plus 35% leaves room for another 25%. And that 25% of votes was actually taken up by uh, Jeremy Corbyn's Labour Party and the Tory uh, Conservative Party, right? Both of whom ran an election, uh, a federal election campaign on promising to remove Brexit. They both said we, uh, the people have voted we should not have another referendum. Now, since then, they've become a bit wobbly. Um, but the only votes they have are votes which are actually predicated on brexit right and they promise that to the people so for people to just disqualify uh, the two main parties as not being uh pro-brexit um, is wrong but what that actually does implicitly right implicitly is it actually affirms the notions that those two major parties jeremy corbyn's labour party and uh formerly theresa may's conservative party were actually working the whole time to undermine Brexit from the start, right? So when your whole spin on the election is to say, well, uh, the Labour Party and the Conservative Tory party were actually never working for Brexit in the first place, you're actually totally validating the alt-right kind of conspiracy um, that the elites were trying to undermine the will of the people the whole time. And as far as I'm concerned, that's actually exactly what happened. And I hope that the new hard line for Brexit, which Nigel Fry said was at October 31st, where they're gonna leave Brexit with or without a deal, mm. uh, or alternatively, if they get sabotaged by the establishment again, what you're mm. going to see is a massive turnout at the federal
2: election. <laughs> you're going to see yeah. the punishment of all major parties, yeah. uh, and it's gonna be ugly. Running in all 260 seats, I think you said? Yeah. I, it's funny, I've got a bet from about, I think, uh, geez, maybe mid last year. It was a dollar thirty nine, and that Nigel, Nigel Farage would be the next prime minister, and the potential winnings on it is like four hundred and sixty dollars. Oh really? A dollar thirty nine I put on it. That's pretty like, funny. <laughs> that's, that's a great bet. I know. That's we'll see good. how we go. And and that's what he's saying. He's saying, look, this has been a big wake up call for both your parties. You need to, you need to sort this out, or else sure, I will be. Well, I mean, if
1: that it. like if those numbers of like twelve percent each of the major parties continue into the federal election, they are stuffed. So yeah. like one hundred years of like or however long it's been of like Tory versus Labour. Yeah. Um
2: They're screwed.
1: It just not It's over. It's a new yeah. new new age of politics. Well, there's definitely a bigger chance that Tory's um, gonna go before before yeah. Labour, yeah. Yeah. Well Tories have no idea about the uh, who their leader's gonna be. Because yeah. Boris is a known flipper. He's flipped back <laughs> and forth on this a lot of times. Yeah. Boris famously wrote well, had an article uh, that he had to write for I can't remember which newspaper it was, but some mainstream newspaper, I think the BBC. Uh, and he had one uh, pro-Brexit article and one pro-Remain article, and just was going to choose which one he submitted on whichever was the feeling of the day. <laughs> um, <laughs> and he uh, and then he um, you know, on Theresa May's last deal, which she brought back to the to the to the British Parliament uh, on this total total sellout. Brexit, which was not even a Brexit at all, uh, Boris voted for it. And um, as much as I quite like the way the dude communicates and I like some of the stuff he says, I'm not sure he actually believes what he says, Mm. but he's the front-runner for the Tory leadership. And I think the Tories actually have no idea what they believe in. Well,
2: well, I mean, he was uh, on the campaign trail uh, and he did resign from the position that was negotiating the Brexit deal once he saw that it was not going anywhere. So I think there's a possibility that... um, when he's calling the shots, we will see the true, the true dude. And I think we, similarly in Australia, when we see Scott Morrison taking the helm, not um, Malcolm Turnbull, as, as uh, was last year, then I think we might see the true colours of the leader. But I don't okay. know. Well, maybe he's a good team player. I'm always...
1: If, if Boris comes out and is, is going hard for a Brexit, which he promised the people and which the people voted for, there's nothing more I'd like to do than give that man uh, a pat on, pat on the back... Give him, uh, lend the Carnage House support
2: to the... Um, stand <laughs> of to Trump Trump. He too has a ferret on head. his head. <laughs> yeah. well, um.
0: So besides me promulgating, promulgating that fake news a little bit, uh, the Brexit Party overall top polls in every uh, country or region uh, in the UK besides London, which was won by the Liberal Democrats, Scotland, which was won by the uh, Scottish National Party and Northern Ireland where they didn't stand. So they got nine out of 12. Uh, which I think is a win, is a big win. It's a BMW, oh, particularly yeah. considering that the party was
1: only six weeks old when the election happened, <laughs> oh. they've only been around for six weeks. These yeah. other parties have been around for hundreds of years. Mm-hmm. To mobilize that kind of support in six weeks shows there's actually something going on. Yeah. Mm. I, was, right?
2: I was watching his show throughout the, these last couple of years, and he didn't want to do this. He never wanted to run again. He, he brushed his hands off once the vote was done. He said, That's it, I'm yeah. done. I'm leaving UKIP the UK Independence Party, and that's it. But the moment that um, they didn't do the uh, May 31st, I think, exit, when they were supposed to... March 31st. March 31st exit, then he said, okay, that's it. Yeah. I'm starting a new party. Well, he
1: realised that the politicians are are very much in habit of Mm -hmm. lying to people. And for people, this is is the type of dirty tactics you get from establishment politicians and media, right? You get... uh, They knew all along that they probably weren't going to deliver a a real Brexit, and they just hoped that people would kind of let them off the hook eventually. So what happened was, after the, I think, 1.3 million vote majority uh, for Brexit, you had, all right, we're going to deliver you Brexit, we just need to negotiate a deal, right? Now, that that party line lasted for quite a while, right? For quite a while, for about two years. Mm. And then what you're starting to see now is, well, I mean, it's gone on for too long, it's too much trouble, we just need to stay in the EU. Oh, well, I mean there's probably a bunch of people who voted to who who voted for Brexit that probably aren't even alive anymore, and all the young people want to remain. So I don't think it's even the popular will anymore. We have to have a second referendum, mm. or the first the first result was um out of a f- illegitimate fear campaign from the Brexiteers. We have to have a second re- referendum. So that's what they're saying now, and it's what what you're actually watching is the subversion of the democratic process by the establishment elites, right? And it's like. There's obviously a divide between the political class, because you're getting it from both the mainstream parties, the Tory party and the the Jeremy Corbyn's Labour Party. Mm. Um, And there needs to be some level of holding them to account, because even when people put their vote in at the ballot box, it's like, it's just not getting responded to, and it's Mm. not good enough.
2: Yeah, and for those uh, campaign enthusiasts out there, if you look at how the campaign of the Brexit party was organised, Six weeks, against all odds, no re- no name recognition. Let's make it simple. The Brexit party. And and they really tied that to Nigel Farage, who was known as Mr Brexit, as, as donned by the Donald. <laughs> and uh, <coughs> and it was simple. That's That's what they're going to do. They have a manifesto that has all the other policies for a government. But their key thing is nice and simple. And that's what the people want. And isn't it fascinating that they left the UKIP party, who originally were the ones that got them out mm. and, and really spearheaded the original vote in 2016, that they left them in the dirt, mm. Gerard Baden being the leader there, mm. because the yeah. people there's just no wanted, say simple. Yeah, no say the UKIP party, the party,
0: they had a 27.5% of the vote last EU election. They're now on 3.3%, yeah. Yeah. so there's it you shows go. you best Jared be certain people.
1: Gerard did, did get a seat. Mm. Uh, Carl Benjamin, YouTuber, Sargon, card. Uh, ran he didn't get a seat yeah
2: um, he had an interesting segment if you, if you watch him he's like what what did you expect of course this was, is was what was going to happen and right. I think he does a good breakdown if you guys want to check out Sargon of okay. a Card Carl check out his YouTube channel. Yeah.
1: I'd also recommend going and checking out one of Nigel Fro- I, I watched like a 17 minute speech that Nigel gave I think 3 or 4 days before the election it was absolutely rock star speech yeah no, he's good um, and uh, totally given without notes it was uh, yeah. very nicely uh, conducted dance with the audience if you want to get a okay. really good um, display of, of real public speaking go and watch Nigel Farage's speech because yeah. you don't get many rock star public speakers these days
2: yeah he's pretty good I've seen him live in Sydney he It's yeah? quite amazing what yeah. was he doing in Sydney he was, he was just doing a talk about um, oh, you know what it was a little while ago it was about a little of, or a year ago and he was talking about how um, the EU often overreaches and, um, and similarly mm-hmm. in Australia you've got to be careful mm-hmm. with your government and Um, Yeah. It was very fascinating. Sure.
1: Mr. Mr. Brexit. Okay. I'm going to give you... This is going to be my beta male nomination of the week. It goes to the ABC for their coverage of the EU elections, right? So, listen to what they said, right? Um, This is what they said about nationalism. And a lot of people would would agree, right? Nationalism was a, uh, a big thing in the EU elections because people wanted to take back control of their own countries in regards to the economics. Some of them wanted to have their own currencies. They wanted to be out of like the, what do you call it, like the the trade? The the single market? Yeah, the single market, um, which depending on your currency and and a range of economic factors can really decide the economic outlook for your country, right? Decided basically by your subscription um, to the EU, Mm right? So that, and and so this is what the ABC talk says about nationalism. ABC says, we're in potentially perilous territory. Nationalism is the spectre that has haunted Europe and contributed to the bloody wars of the 20th century. Passions again run high and that is fertile ground for populists who capitalise on fear and anxiety. The language of nationalism, faith, community, family, history, culture, race and ethnicity comes ready to them. Nationalism speaks emotionally to belonging. It's a repudiation of the citizens of everywhere in in favour of the peoples of somewhere. Yet it courts the darker impulses of xenophobia, racism, sectarianism that turns politics into tribal warfare of us versus them, right? Uh, two things I want to say is that nationalism uh, did not cause World War I and World War II. I would say it was much more like internationalism, where people wanted to have control of other countries, not just their own, right? Um, and so while people talk about like nationalism, it's like having pride in your country does not lead you... Uh, to invade a different country, I think. I think it will uh, encourage you to defend your own country. Um but I don't like just saying that nationalism was the cause of, of World War II I think I think was kind of wrong. Um, although there is discussion to be had about how the Treaty of Versailles um yeah. denied Germany of some of the territory it probably should have had and mm-hmm. there was nationalistic stuff, but nationalism I don't think nationalism really gets you to invade France. I, think it, I, don't, I, think I don't know if nationalism gets you to invade Russia, gets you to invade it's, Britain.
0: I think it's quite lazy uh, to be a, an historian who mm. says that's the singular cause. Mm.
1: Um, yeah. yeah, well, to be fair, the ABC didn't say it was a singular cause. They said it, it contributed to it. But listen to this slate of hand, right? Listen to this slate of hand it's just some that, the ABC, that the ABC does, that the ABC talks about the language of nationalism, right? This nationalism, the thing that contributed to the 20th century wars, is comprised of faith, community, family, history, culture. Are there any bad things yet? Race and ethnicity comes readily to them. It's like, all right. Nobody, nobody, there's not that many people, right, on the actual alt-right, which which Jesus. talks about race all the time, right? Yeah. You get family, community, uh, faith, history, culture, you're ticking all the damn boxes. Um, and then there's just a tiny fragment which talks about race and ethnicity. Yeah. Um, and like you're throwing the baby out with the bathwater and yeah. it's, just, it's, it's just disgraceful. It's actually disgraceful. It's like in the same way, um, I think it was, it was like the New York Times or someone was, was talking about, Peterson and it's like um, while Peterson is uh, not as extreme as figures like Milo Yiannopoulos and Hitler uh, Peterson is blah 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 and it's like can we just pump the brakes for a second yeah, start um, what, you doing? Oh, what are you doing? Community, faith, family, history culture, then race and ethnicity what? Just because I have faith in being an Australian does not mean, it's, sorry because I have pride and nationalism in being an Australian does not mean I support a white Australia policy yeah. Right, you can't you can't just throw them in together. Yeah. Um, and it says it courts xenophobia, racism, sectarianism. Do you know who actually talks about race the most? Even more than the alt right, uh, it's actually the left. <laughs> it's actually <laughs> the left. Surprise, surprise. it's intersectionality, they can't get enough of race. The they of see left. they see they see skin color as. And sexuality and all these things as the primary defining characteristics of of a personhood instead of the beliefs instead of the character instead of the achievements instead of the personality of people right they get defined by all these things they can't choose before they get defined by all the things they can choose Mm. and 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 it's bad and it's much more dangerous Um, you know the old right and the left they're brothers, they're not opposites. They're brothers mm. and sisters. They play the same game, except one of them hates white people and the other one says, well, if you're going to knock on white people the whole time, I'm going to stand up for white people. And they take it a step too far and they say, white people are the best. Mm. Um, and it's like, you, you're playing the same game. It's just, as Jordan Peterson would say, a bad game to play. We've played that game on the left before uh, and we've played that game on the right before and both led to bad consequences. It's, it's just a bad game yeah, you,
0: hear, you hear people wax lyrical about identity <laughs> politics but mm. it's exactly what it is yeah. we define someone's identity by things they can't choose yeah in the words is... of Kanye West break dissimulation and try love mm. exactly love for my brothers God bless Kanye West <laughs> we can never so... go nowhere unless we care for each other that's Tupac <laughs> um, yeah. Tupac
1: we've got to um, start looking at each other as brothers instead of two distant strangers mm. Park, my man. Park, my man. Um, okay. Um, ABC gets a nomination for Beta mail of the Week. I'm going to give, what's that guy's name? Tu- Donald Tusk. He's got a name which I'd almost like, because it almost sounds like Donald Trump. <laughs> um, but his name's, I think, Donald Tusk. And I think he's the head of the EU. I'm
0: gonna give. I'm just thinking I might Donald just Tusk. give him a Beta Male in general. I Look think, up TUSK. I think um, also UKIP might get one as well. Yeah, you can get one. Yeah, Donald Tusk, president of the European Council. European Council, yeah. He can get a, a beta. Um, yeah. Anything left to say on the, on the EU? Yeah, no, not really. It's just... Um,
2: the it's... ABC? Oh, there's a lot to say about the ABC. Like, just... You can see what they're hinting at. They're just trying to attack everything that's good about this society, everything that moulds you, everything mm-hmm. that's conservative. Conservative is not a bad word. It, it conserves the good things and leaves the bad things away. They're trying to bring back the bad, the bad things, really. Mm. You know, the the family yeah. unit. My gosh, how it's important! It's so important. Like mm. the people don't realize. The the older I get, the more value I see in the family unit. Yeah. Like the family unit alone could probably solve the black community um, poverty rate in America.
0: Mm. Mm-hmm.
2: Like everyone knows about the welfare state. They used, yeah. used to sure. be. They used to be. Sure, if people you know,
1: started looking to their family before they look to the government, we've been in uh, mm. a, a good place. And yeah. if people felt like uh, independence and leadership could be found in the family rather than in the government. Um, and that's and that, but that's a solution that, that has to be solved in the hearts and minds of the actual people who could have the families. It's not a solution that can be, well, maybe there, there can be people that talk about it at the government level, but at the end of the day, it's actually people who have to take that up for themselves and take on that responsibility, right? Because the end of that's a responsibility um, to be able to lead a family, start a family, and say we're going to be in a position where we're uh, not only depend like self reliant, but also <coughs> through paying tax and stuff, um, contributing back into the in, into the kind of pot. Um, yeah. But you know, you know, it's 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 not an easy thing to do. Mm. You know, to be working those forty-hour weeks consistently, yeah, um, often more, yeah, no, absolutely, it's not an easy thing to do. And come home, and look after a few rascals for, for a yeah. few hours, and exactly, you know, it's yeah, definitely not easy, but valuable, very yeah. valuable. Yeah, um, Joel's got a little scoop on the Israeli election.
2: Yeah, just briefly, we, we the Israeli election was actually held in uh, April, and they they came to a conclusion. Uh, Benjamin Netanyahu, who was the prime minister before it. He his party won uh, about thirty percent of the vote. However, they were left in a situation where they they had they, they, they met the deadline uh, over a month where they weren't able to find a coalition right, uh, so with they another had to party. Find another twenty percent. Yeah, basically the way it works in Israel is you never really get an outright party that gets the majority of the vote. They always form a coalition with another party, and so that that fifty percent. So now, um, because they haven't reached the deadline this month. They have to dissolve the parliament. Um, with 70, 74, um out of uh, out of one hundred and twenty seats, people voted for it to be dissolved, dissolved. And so as a result, that just means that um, they'll have to go to re-election in September. So um, it was it was one of those conservative elections around the world, which had people interested, just like with the Indian one, and uh, just like um, the Italian one, but. Uh, it looks like this one's going to have to have a rerun, so we'll see what happens.
1: Well, we'll be uh, we'll be bringing that to you as it uh, as it comes out. Wait, did it say when? Do like September? You said yeah, seventeenth of September. Okay,
2: yeah.
0: cool. A couple months. Mm. Um, we'll keep like, it look. now. Keep it on the dome. Mm. You know, we like to tie up loose ends here. So we can't leave loose ends just hanging about willy nilly. That's not what we're about <laughs> we tie here. Tie those suckers up tighten them up we polish there them there's no cliffhangers on this show
1: none at all <laughs> uh, you know so what we're going to do is we're going to return to Andy's jumping in conclusion remind the people what they're in for in these next few minutes
0: ok the next few minutes of uh, spew and or waffle which you may or may not want to tune out of <laughs> is in regard well, you've to, to uh, you've got to stay for the uh, housekeeping which we, which we <laughs> do at the end little plugs um, so my conclusion was that DEF CON being cancelled is a tragedy um, so Where is it, who, what, how well, is it cancelled? Well, yeah, for those who don't know, uh, DEF CON is a pretty hardcore music festival. Uh, I think the last time... It's hardcore, man. It's a very <laughs> hardcore, dude. The last time it was ran, I think it had two deaths at it and, for drugs, drug overdoses. Um, mm-hmm. So that's I'm digging myself a hole here. Um, but... you got to, to say to Grandma Helen, who's, who's <laughs> listening? Uh, no. <laughs> no. But, um, so... DEFCON CON couldn't find a place to host DEFCON, um, so it's been uh, postponed indefinitely. So they usually have it at the International Regatta Centre center in Penriff, which decided. Out west. in Sydney. The hood. Where that west Sydney. You can stop now. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it was decided that it was uh, unsuitable, unsafe, etc. I think, it, I'm, I'm not 100% sure, but Cirque might have even. Uh, Said no to it, but I'm not. I'm not too sure about the details. But it's resulted in DefCon not having a place to host itself. It's without. It's without a place.
1: It needs mm. a
0: place to It uh, b- 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 needs a place to call home. is what a place you could to call say. Mm. Um, needs a place for the boys to muster out. Do you, you, out do you think room. that? Do
2: you think that has anything to do with the regulations? They, with the drugs and all that? Well, I don't
1: know. Just uh, that's what I was. That's what I kind of thought. Andy was getting at that it might have been cancelled in the same way Mountain Sounds was cancelled, where. In the week or two leading up to the festival, the New South Wales government slapped an extra $200,000 worth of security regulation onto them. Mm. Now, I don't know if this is the same thing or they just. No, I think. Or just, just this this place. So, so if you, do you want to defend the conclusion on the basis that it's a really fun festival that people should go to? Well, <laughs> and I just a, think. it's just sad overall that it's not happening? Well,
0: I just think uh, people should. Ding! Um, mm-hmm. we, we're dropping shrapnel out here. <laughs> we're um, getting shut I just think. Uh, that people should it's a festival that has a pretty uh, a culture that i'd say is very unique uh different to, to <laughs> others i'd say that uh, a lot of people enjoy it enjoy it too much um so i think the lesson should be that you should enjoy the festivals res- responsibly enjoy it just the right amount enjoy it just the right amount not not too much not too little but just right <laughs> um and so i think people should i think yeah people should just be able
1: to go uh, general rule uh maximum of 10 caps Uh, (laughs) Ten, (laughs) no more than 10 skim cappuccinos beforehand (laughs) yeah make sure you eat your food as well and drink your water you don't want to have your drug overdoses uh or overheating right Mm. so i would say um not to encourage it but as i would say um a couple of things maybe number one is um and general good life rule, I would say, don't do drugs until after dinner. Um, that's one. Secondly, drink plenty of water and eat plenty of food. If that's the, if that's the choice you're going to make, um, we safety is the best policy.
0: Stay high. and maybe maybe this debate would uh, morph into one about drug regulation and how maybe it would be safer if we just regulated all.
1: Well, I think. Um, I think that's that's a good debate to have, and one that I'm actually keen to get into with uh, Corey Bernardi if he's um if we can get him on, I'd love to talk. I'd love to talk to him about um about marijuana in particular. Mm. Yeah. Um, well,
0: our last uh, conclusion where we had Joel here was about the legalization of marijuana. I think if you're a uh, libertarian, I think it'd be hard to argue against most drugs. This is,
1: this is what um <laughs> this is what makes us go for so long is that we have, uh, we have all these options to keep talking about. But just too conversational. Um, it's just Too the pr- conversational. Okay, we're going to uh, wrap this sucker up. But before we do, a bit of housekeeping. Um, make sure we'd love to actually hear what you have to say and we reply to all of the comments. We literally reply to, to all of them. Um, the, there's, a, there's a few real top fans um, uh, among the audience who, who really get involved. But we encourage everybody to get involved. Mm. If this is your first time, uh, you know someone tagged them if you think they
0: might like our content maybe even give it a share if you think everyone would like to, to have a, a, a quick game, <laughs> or if you want to get blacklisted <laughs> so, <laughs> if you, you want to it be on the, f- the Facebook so, list we're on
1: um, big appreciation if you support us uh, across the platforms we're on iTunes on the podcast app YouTube, Facebook, Instagram go like and subscribe uh, I'd love to hear your thoughts leave a comment um, we have a Patreon so if you want to take an extra step donate to us financially little as a dollar a month that would be sick we'd love that um and then there's actually some so so there's really some really cool interviews coming um we're gonna try and expand uh our content types um so if you have any videos that you'd like us to make then let us know um i'm thinking uh i've got a few lined up i'll give you i'll I'll drop i'll drop i'll drop there's some top five videos because they seem to be the ones which which go well on on youtube the one I'm hopefully going to make pretty soon is top five reasons to like Donald Trump. Mm. The second one would be top five books which will change your worldview.
0: We right. could also um, there's one that which was floated when we had our little uh, sunlight on our MMA interviews where Andos should take a knee from an MMA uh, take an Australian champion. A punch,
1: but if you want to take a knee, mate, I'm all for it. Look, I'm, I'm <laughs> um, not at all. But and uh, also, I've been reading um, Ricardo Bosi's book. Um, greatness Awaits You, Five Pillars of Real Leadership. but I know Joel's got, got a copy of that book as well. So there's a chance, hopefully, if, uh, if the stars align, Joel and I can come and give you a, a review of that book and, and let you know what we thought. Yeah.
0: yeah. And uh, well, special, huge thanks to Joel for being on again. Uh, thanks to Joel. Okay. Where a, can uh, people find you? Where can people find you? Ooh,
2: you can find me on Twitter, uh, Joel Jamal, J O E L J A M mm. M M A L. Um, also subscribe to, his, subscribe to his YouTube channel yeah. as well We'll the links
1: in the description Joel's got a Patreon too So if you like what he's doing um, You can support him there as well But I think that could be time Could wrap us up
0: Could quite Anything just do that else? Any last words, Joel? Oh good, I'm you happy also I'm Tell happy us what you that.
1: thought of your audio quality Because mm-hmm. these are the new mics We really like it You yeah. sound uh, extra sensual <laughs> on the very, audio. It's very
0: intimate <laughs>
1: Um Okay, hey, nice. We're going to leave you there. Goodbye. Thanks for being with us. Thanks for stopping by. <laughs>